Hey guys, Michael here with Wedding Videography School. If you're looking for a solid and reliable contract that you can feel good about sending to your clients, look no further than the WVS contract, crafted by a licensed attorney in the state of Colorado. It might just be the best contract for wedding videographers in all of North America, or even maybe the world. Uh, hard to know. Regardless, if you're unsure of whether the contract you're using right now is good enough, go to WeddingVideographySchool.com right now, enter the password podcast, and start protecting yourself and your business today. Hey guys, Michael here with Wedding Videography School. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And we love you for it. Hey guys, this is Michael with the Wedding Videography School podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. I know I am. What about you, Adam? Happy 2021, man. It's a new year. <laughs> it's, it's official. Yeah. It's a new year. Um, COVID's gone. Everything's back to normal. <laughs> Everything's... <laughs> I like how that is like the sentiment among, among people on like Instagram. They're like, it's all over. Yeah. And it's like, uh, we yeah, I mean, the year clicked over, but... Right. Everything is still going on. Yeah. <laughs> and then the first couple of weeks, people are storming the Capitol and it's crazy. But again, back, <laughs> back to craziness. Remember how like in 2000, like everybody, I remember everybody complaining about 2019. They're like, this is the worst year ever. Oh, and yeah. then everybody was all excited about 2020. Yeah. And then they're like, this is the worst year ever. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like. We're not headed in a good trajectory. Right. <laughs> I think we're just getting old and we can always find something to complain about. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I definitely agree. I, I, I definitely feel like I'm getting old. So yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. You, you had a, you had a little scare there with your pinched nerve in your back. Are we going to, we going to talk about that at all? Uh, I mean, we can just for a quick moment. I think it's boring for most people, but I pinched a nerve like in my hip or lower back or something and it, that nerve runs down your entire leg and uh, yeah, it's super painful. Yeah. I had a, I had a shoot that I was supposed to do with one of my clients uh, and I had to have a good old Dustin Stelly bail me out. I thought about calling you, but I didn't know if you had the, the same lights that I wanted to be used in the, uh, the shoot. So yeah, you know, I, you were my, you were my second choice, Adam. <laughs> it's, it's funny how like I realized like not shooting as much last year, how you get into these rhythms. Like I've started wearing my glasses more being at home. Like those things that bug you about like the viewfinder and the little back stuff, like it's all connected, man. It's, it's a uh, rhythm's important. Yeah. And all I can say is I wish I started using an easy rig like forever ago hey, because hey. I honestly think that some of my back and like hip it's most it feels like it's in my hip i feel like a lot of that comes from two things standing forever at weddings and using a monopod and just kind of leaning kind of in this weird kind of way for years and years and years and then sitting and editing yeah uh, at my computer for the last 10 years is it's i don't think it's been good for me man so yep well, my prediction. I'm doing some physical therapy, and uh, I'm going to do my best to uh, stay way more active than I've been in the past. Yeah. Well, good. My predictions is the next two years, easy rigs are going to be the thing that people do at weddings because it's so easy. It makes a lot of sense. Like it changes your whole. Because I think a lot of people don't like that 
very still, very, you know, like slower pace, like people like the faster style. And so I don't know. I think, I think we're going to see a lot of them over the next two years. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I finally feel like I'm in a groove with my setup and the way I'm shooting. And I don't know if you watched it. I sent you a video last night yeah. that I just did recently, got around to editing and, uh, yeah, you can, you, I know you were making fun of me cause I, I don't know what I was thinking when I booked this wedding. I booked it forever ago. And I think, I think there was a reason why I did it. Uh, I can't remember what the reason was, but I booked this wedding for like $1,750. <laughs> and then I created like this 12 minute monstrosity of a video that I think is pretty, pretty damn good for a 12 minute video. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't recommend charging 1750. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I must've been in one of those like weird giving moods that I get into <laughs> where I see somebody on the side of the road and yeah. I, you know, I, I just throw my wallet at their face. You were probably in a fight with your wife. And so you were just looking for <laughs> any reason to get out. And to go. But are we, can we critique? Cause that was a great film overall, but I do have one critique. Is this a safe place where we can critique? That film. This is a this is a safe space, as the kids say. Okay, you do one shot that I love, and I but I want to see a little bit less of it. You do this cool thing during the dance move, and I think it's because of the easy rig where you can do kind of like this, like the side twist where you know what I'm talking about, where you can kind of do yeah. this kind of a move, and I love it. But I felt in this last one, I could have used maybe two or three shots less of it, but I love the okay. Shot. You felt like you were on like a boat that was tipping over. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really cool shot. I don't even know if I can do it as good as you. So I'm like, I'm not one to complain, <laughs> but I felt like you could have dialed it back just a little bit. I'm down with that. I think that's a good critique, man. I definitely, uh, you know, on my drone shots, I'd say like 90% of my drone shots are um, me like going, moving from the right, from moving from left to right in like a circular motion that like for whatever reason, that's like my go-to shot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, I, I definitely get in those habits where I kind of keep doing the same thing over and yeah. over. So, well, the interesting part, and I, I know we weren't planning to go down this road, but have you ever had where you get excited towards the end of the year and you begin to think about the next year and you think about your setup or maybe the gear that you're using or the lenses and then you start booking brides and they're like, oh, I love this video or I love this style. And like in the back of the head, you're thinking like, oh, well, my style is going to be so different next year. <laughs> like, I hope you like what I'm bringing to the table next year. <laughs> you know what? Yes. And so I just went through that last, like coming into <clears throat> this last year and like, so when 2020 got all crappy, I was like, you know, this can't get any worse for right, me. Right. Like, so I'm just going to switch my style now. And if something bad happens, at least it all happened all at the same time. Yeah. Right. And guess what? None of my clients noticed that I switched my style. <laughs> like, that's the thing is like, people don't like, you think your clients are expert videographers and that they pay attention to the, the exact way that you do slow motion or the way you do your movements or whether you're on a tripod or a, a, uh, a Ronin or a easy rig or what they don't care. They don't notice. Yeah. I'm, I'm maybe not I, 90% or more 
don't yeah. know or don't care. It's just like they just want their wedding shot. That's yeah. what they want. And they want their their video to look cool. I could hear that. Well, I, I even heard somebody go, and I don't know if I'd go this far, but someone once told me that overall the brides don't care what their wedding video look like because it's all about them anyways. Like <laughs> that's all that's an interesting <laughs> thought. I actually I'm editing a wedding that I didn't shoot because I booked it, but then I had all these postponements and whatever, and I couldn't shoot this one girl's wedding. So I had somebody else go out and cover it for me. And I'm in the middle of the edit right now. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't how I would necessarily do it, but I'm kind of, I'm sitting here and I'm realizing she's not going to notice. Right. Like, I don't know what you're right. You're onto something, man. They, people just don't notice. Yeah. And I think some there, there, you probably will get a couple couple brides here and there that are like super picky this is like the one thing but i think majority like they just want to see themselves they want to see themselves having a good time they want you to capture their day and i think they just love they love seeing a professional polished video of themselves because people have tons of iphone photos but no one has like a cinematic artful tasteful of video of just themselves you know yeah and i try to keep that in mind man like this is not something what we do is not something that people hire us to do yeah. very often or, or in their own lives. Right. Like how many times have you hired a videographer to come film you? Uh, me? No, it's kidding. <laughs> well, even me, <laughs> like ne- never. most people, most people, the answer is never. Yeah, never. So I never have. when they have. Yeah. So when they have something super high quality, like uh, like a wedding video that you or I or a bunch of other talented videographers out there make, like that is something that f- for them, they don't have anything else to compare it to. Right. Right. Yeah. So they're not going to be able to compare it to their iPhone video or whatever because it's incomparable. Right. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because I was actually thinking about seeing if you wanted, would be, if I could hire someone like you, specifically you, to film some stuff because... So I've been trying to practice my easy rig more. And so I've been getting into it a whole bunch and I've been using it. I've actually been using it to shoot my kids. Like I'm just telling myself like five minutes every day, just discipline. But I've got about, and it's way too much, man. I've got like almost a terabyte of footage like already. Cause, but I'm like, none of these videos have me in it. Right. Like, they're going to see these videos and think that their dad was gone their whole life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was, yeah. That's how all my footage is, man. It's of my kids and my, <laughs> of my wife. And it's just me behind the camera. It's so depressing. Yeah. And anything where I am in it, it's either this terrible shot where somebody's <clears throat> holding the camera or I like set it up on a tripod, like, like that dude from Napoleon Dynamite who films himself throwing the football yeah, around. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing. Well, maybe we need to do like just a, a free trade. Like you come here for four hours, I come to your house because like I want my kids to know that the dad was involved. <laughs> yeah, we could just shoot a documentary style too. That's what I've been doing, that, man. That'd be that'd be pretty rad. That's a good idea. It's been fun. So, but you're right. Like other than I've never actually hired a videographer to film anything for me. So, this is like uh, this is one of those cathartic episodes of the WVS podcast. Um, that's all about videographer self care. <laughs> <laughs> How is your self care going this week, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, I know that you are talking about switching over to the Blackmagic <clears throat> Pocket Cinema camera, right? Uh, have you given any more thought to that? Yeah. 
So the the backstory to this is that I had a really cool shoot um, a couple months ago. I got hired by Google uh, to come in Boulder, and so I actually the Google the Google. And so we needed to go a little bit bigger. So I hired um, a local guy who's usually on the red that I always use for, but this time he brought the black magic camera. And I'm thinking like, dude, I hired you for the red. Like what the heck? Why are you bringing this little thing? And one thing is that we had a lot of gimbal stuff. So we just talked about how light it was. But um, other than that, man, the quality compared to the red, he thought was on par, if not better. And so I've just kind of seen you with your camera, just kind of thinking through as I'm doing weddings, but also some more commercial work this next year um, that it might be time for an upgrade. And so I've been looking at that camera. Yeah, I think if you were like, if you wanted to do something like a red, honestly, I think you could get 90% of what a red does for way less by just going with like a, a an Ursa, like a Blackmagic Ursa Mini yeah. Pro um, like the G2 or something like that. Those cameras are, are just incredible. Too big for weddings, I think, personally. Um, although, you know, I've talked to, um, I've talked to people that have shot weddings on reds. Um, and, but even those people that are, have shot weddings on reds are now moving to the black magic pocket cam. Cause it's just so much smaller. So like why you, when you're getting, you know, 80% of the image quality of a red camera with something like the the BMPCC 4K or 6K or whatever, then why, why lug that camera around, man? It's, yeah, those things are too big. So what the difference between the 6K and the 4K, like the actual camera part of it, the size of it, the functionality of it. What are the differences between the 4K and the 6K other than the resolution? Um, there's something where like there's like a couple formats that you can't shoot in or something, or you like have to shoot B-RAW for some for some formats or whatever, but it's not really that big of a deal. I think it's fine. Um, if I were buying, if I were going to buy a camera right now, I would probably go for the 6k and not because it's 6k footage really. Uh, which is, I mean, it's a plus, like I'm starting to deliver. I've already started actually this year delivering all my videos in 4k. Um, so it would be nice to be able to do like my slow zooms and stuff that I like to do. Uh, with that extra 6K real estate. Um, but I'd say that really the biggest reason why I like the 6K over the 4K is that you don't have to buy a Metabones adapter for all your Canon glass. Um, so if you're using full frame lenses, uh, like EF lenses or anything like that, which a lot of people do, you know, and you don't want to switch over to micro four third lenses, um, then yeah, I would I would just go with the 6K. Spend a little extra for the 6K. Uh, do it that way. I've been having this issue lately where on my 4K cameras, um, the like I like I have to turn the camera on and off to control the iris sometimes um, because I don't know why. I think it has something to do with the uh, the Metabones adapters, and it's just one. You know, when whenever you put an adapter in between you know, your camera and your lens, you're just introducing a whole nother, a whole nother potential problem. Right. So I'd like to get rid of that potential problem. So I I'm going to keep my four K's, but I'm going to buy a six K and make that my a cam. And then I'll have, uh, I'll have four, uh, four K's as my B cams. Gotcha. <clears throat> well, that makes sense. I mean, I, I typically, when I try to like get a new camera, I try to stay in the same company at least because going from a smaller Canon to a bigger Canon is a little bit easier transition. But 
I think that's my biggest fear right now is going to a whole new system because then you got new batteries, new chargers, a new learning curve. And so that's why I'm still kind of on the fence about actually pulling the plug. Yeah. And, you know, I will say that when I made the switch, um, I definitely learned a few things the hard way. Like I went out and I bought um, uh, an external LCD screen because I thought I was going to put that on top of the camera and stuff. And now I rarely use that. But I bought three big batteries like to use with it um, that I never use now. And then, you know, that you buy the camera and then you realize, oh, I want to use this with the easy rig. So now I got to buy a cage and the battery life on these things sucks. So now I got to buy the external batteries and then I got to buy, you know, you just kind of, you, before you know it, you've basically spent double what the camera costs um, to, to rig it out the way that you want it. So, <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know, and there's ways to go about it. You know, you could just carry a satchel of uh, Canon batteries yeah. if you want. Yeah. Um, that's not like the worst idea I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, but I kind of wanted to get away from having to stop recordings. You know, that that was my big thing is like with the DSLRs, you're limited to 30 minutes of record time, which always was super obnoxious during ceremonies. So I really wanted to get away from that and up the image quality. So that's why I made the switch. But I will say sometimes, man, when I'm watching you with the Fujis, I'm a little jealous because your system, your setup is so simple and I'm all about simplicity, but I have to say that it's, you're kind of choosing like, do I want this super, do I want this image quality? Do I want this like detail in the shadows or do I want simplicity? And sometimes you just kind of got to make that choice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people, like I think if they had their wish list, we don't want to go to weddings looking like this giant news broadcaster guy with like this whole thing. So there is like that element too of you want to you want to stay simple. So totally get it, man. I don't know. I I like it. I love it. I'm getting used to it. Uh, I still have issues every once in a while, but I think that's just the way it goes. Well, I mean, you you mentioned the quality of it. I don't know if we've if we talked about this yet, but as you know, we just released the Montana wedding film where i think you use this camera and the the video turned out awesome man it was a great great yeah film. i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna post that on the uh wedding videography school instagram at wedding videography school uh so people can check it out but yeah man it it looked really good it, we actually we mixed the can i thought um Alyssa, who did the edit on it um i thought she did a really good job mixing the two cameras together yeah um and I think you could tell that you could probably tell the difference if you look hard enough, but yeah, um, I, yeah, it, it looks so great. And there were definitely some moments where I was just like, man, this looks, there were a couple shots, especially on the dance floor, um, of just the couple on the dance floor with everybody seated at the reception where I was like, this looks, I mean, this looks damn good. Like almost, almost red, like in quality. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I thought, I thought it was great. Yeah. Well, my philosophy has always been like buy buy the camera that best fits you know whatever you're shooting. So that's a little been a little bit hard for me for COVID because I don't know what the next couple of years are honestly going to look like. And so, but that's always my encouragement. Like, what what are people? What are your projects going to look like the next couple of years? And then build a kit to to do the best job for for that. But right now, I'm just kind of stuck. So you know what I'm stuck on. 
Um, stuck on my awesome in and out shirt that I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah, I just noticed it. <laughs> you were talking to me about coming down to in and out last time about like, oh, I want to see you. We got to hang out. By the way, is there an in and out by your place? I think there is. Do you know what the address is? I'm going to text him right now. So it's like, oh yeah, I don't think you want to hang out. I think you just want to go to in and out. And now you got a massive sweatshirt on. What is going on? Yeah. You know what? I drove to Dustin Stelly's house the other day. And he has an in and out like three minutes from his house. And I was like, I was driving by and the like the line of cars was insane. Yeah. Is he by He said it was like a 30 minute wait to get through a drive through. I was like, I, there's no way I would ever go there. Yeah. Well, I wore this shirt because I knew we were recording today. So I want but it was my Christmas shirt. <laughs> so because yeah, my wife got it to me for Christmas. But I don't know, man. It's uh it was kind of one of those things where, like, if I can get an excuse to go to In and Out in Colorado Springs and see Michael Ring, I'm willing to make that happen. Oh man, that's uh, that's dedication and true friendship <laughs> right there. Hey, well, I was looking today at my 2021 calendar. I'm just kind of curious, like, as you've looked at uh, this year's calendar, are you seeing a lot of like 2020 dates that got postponed? Are you seeing new new clients, new couples, new profits? Like, what? Cause I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, man. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. You know, I, I would say that 2020 put me in this odd position where I made the least amount of money that I've made in a long time, but somehow managed to like do just as much work or more. Um, and maybe not more work. I think it just all got shoved into a shorter time frame at the end of the year. And I think I, here's my prediction for 2021. I'm not going to see any record profits for 2021 just simply because I, the way I look at it, at it is my income was cut in half for last year. And now this year, now that could turn around if I find a way to make up for it and maybe I will. But if I were to just do what I did last year, um, you know, a lot of my weddings moved to 2021. So, you know, those are dates that I can't, I can't book out to uh, new couples. So yeah, I'm not feeling, I'm feeling optimistic in the sense that I think things are going to work out, but I'm not feeling like this is going to be the year that, you know, changes my life. Other than, like I said, in the last episode, I want to, I want to, uh, I want to get back into freeing up my time by having somebody else do some editing for me. Yeah. That'll be huge, man. Yeah. Boy, look at you. Look at you and all your glory. I wish people could see what you look like. <laughs> <laughs> Not really too sure how to take that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, all right. I think that about does it for this episode. You clearly have nothing else to uh, to say. So uh, let's not... Yeah, Let's man. not drag this out and make people miserable. I'm just looking at my next year's calendar. I got it pulled up on my computer in front of me, and I'm just thinking of all the crazies. I will say this, though. Here's the silver lining. I've been reading this book. I'm, I'm kind of getting into reading more lately, as some of you may know. And it talked about how if they look back at people that were either like inventors, entrepreneurs, um, you know, artists, like all these people that had these great accomplishments, is that they had their biggest accomplishments during times of pressure and when there was actually a lot more work that was going on instead of like less focus. Like I used to always think like, I need to have less. I need to be simple. I need to be like focused and work on this one project. Well, actually research shows that when you have more kind of chaos going on, 
you actually hit levels of creativity and produce stuff that you never thought you would have because it's so chaotic and so crazy. So I think that's going to be my silver lining for 2021. That's it's going to be crazy. It's going to be chaotic, but I'm just hoping for something new, something fresh to be kind of birthed or created that I've never really done before. And maybe the black magic pocket camera, cinema camera will be a part of that process. And maybe not, who knows? I think there's something to be said for, uh, Throwing yourself into a little bit of chaos now and then, I think we're all capable of much more than we we think we are. So yeah, and it's not until you put yourself in those positions that you you kind of realize the truth of that. So yeah, all right, man. Well, it was good talking to you. Yeah, uh, everybody can uh, check out Adam. Uh, what's I don't even know your Instagrams anymore. You got you got too much stuff going on. Yeah, just a flatus A F L A T I S. Keep it simple. Yeah, you can follow me. Uh, at films about love and uh, at wedding videography school. Yeah. And until next time, guys, later. Later. Hey guys, this episode of Wedding Videography School is brought to you by photographers wearing wide brim hats. Uh, photographers wearing wide brim hats is the nation's number one wedding photography company, and for good reason. Uh, they are clearly the most creative, most unique uh, individuals out there. And their photography is so creative, I can't even begin to describe how creative it is. That's how creative it is. If you guys are working with photographers who aren't wearing wide brim hats, then you're probably not working with the best photographers out there. So, um, you know, whether you're having a wedding, a birthday party, uh, or you're taking your kids to school, or you're hanging out at home, or going to the bathroom, you know, all things that you want photographed creatively, um, it should be done by photographers wearing wide brim hats. A lot of you guys, I know you're working with photographers who aren't wearing wide rim hats. They might not be wearing hats at all. And um, that's a problem. If they're not wearing a wide brim hat, I don't know what the point of them even picking up a camera is. But when you work with photographers wearing wide brim hats, you know that you're always getting someone who's going to uh, give you the most incredible shots that you could imagine. So for your next event, whether it's a wedding, a birthday party, a family reunion, uh, your mom's pap smear, whatever the event, make sure that you hire photographers wearing wide brim hats um, to get the most creative still images captured, you know, one frame at a time. And that's what that's what photography is. It's, you know, you hear the click, click, and you know you got one frame. And then you hear another click. Sometimes you hear eight clicks in a row, like click, 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 click. Uh, that, they just got eight pictures. And maybe one of them is good. Probably not. But the photographer wearing a wide brim hat, they are going to call those photos later on and you know really really select the eight or six shots that they got from the entire day um that they stood in front of the videographer to get and they're gonna they're gonna edit those down into something truly magical probably um probably just two eight by tens that you can put in the living room next to the closet door so give photographers with wide brim hats a call today and book them for your next event